ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your television set, your podcast channel, your radio, volume, anything. Don't change anything. It is I, the man behind the Twitter of ATR. I am your host, Scott, and this is a special edition of the podcast. Above the Ring presenting NXT Heat Wave special that happened on Tuesday night. I like these super shows that NXT does. Um, while I do miss the takeovers or whatever they're calling them nowadays, it's nice to have a nice super show on television, you know, to culminate those storylines that have been going for weeks or months and really kind of put a a stamp on what's been going on in NXT. Now, there's been a lot of things that have happened since we last had a podcast. Um, and there will be some stuff before we have another podcast, but I'll get into that in just a few moments. Um, this podcast will basically just be covering what's been going on on Heatwave on Tuesday for NXT. We'll also talk a little bit about what's going on with the current state of WWE as well as the current state of Above the Ring. So before we dive into the pay-per-view, let's start talking about what's been going on in WWE since SummerSlam. Now, for those of you who have been hiding under a rock, living under a rock, anything under a rock, not the rock, just a rock in general, (laughs) you've noticed that things have changed WWE-wise. Fitz McMahon has, quote-unquote, retired, left um, the company in uh, both Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan's hands as co-CEOs, and there's been a shift in how the shows are presented to us. Um, Triple H has been put in charge of all creative development and... Uh, for the day-to-day show operations and everything else. And it has been a vast improvement um, since Vince had let go. Um, We've had returns. We've had people that have been brought back who were let go during the quote-unquote budget cut era. We've had uh, fantastic storylines. We don't have matches that repeat every single week. It's... It's been a lot of fun. We've had, let's see, we've had Hit Row come back. We've had Dexter Loomis come back. Um, We've had Riddle make his return from injury. We've, I know I'm missing people, of course, because this is what happens when you're trying to record a podcast. Your brain just goes straight to mush. Um, But every, every show, we've had fantastic stuff. Um, great matches, like pay-per-view worthy matches on free television. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I have not been this excited about the WWE product in quite some time. And I look forward to seeing how things go, you know, moving forward. I mean, we got Clash at the Castle at the end of the month. Uh, we also have AEW All Out as well. At uh, the beginning of next month, uh, Clash of the Castle, also beginning of next month. But, you know, it's so close. They're both on the same weekend. But speaking of that, we will be having ourselves our, another pick show 
um, most likely with Sam and Mr. Zach. Uh, we'll come in. We'll uh, we'll talk about all our picks for both shows. Both shows will actually count towards the uh, season two of the Shivert Studios Wrestling Championship. As of right now, both Sam and I have a point. Uh, Mr. Zach, unfortunately, does not, but he'll have a chance to pick up not one, but possibly two points. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be going into the next you know, rounds of pay-per-view, which I believe probably will be Survivor Series. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I miss talking with the guys, and it'll be fun to talk wrestling, talk, talk shop again. We'll see what how everybody's doing, how everything is uh, with their picks. But speaking of Above the Ring itself, uh, Sam and I have been in discussions about what's going to be happening once we come back full time, which looks like to be in September. Uh, Sam's still in the process of doing his move. So life has been very hectic for the poor guy. So until then, until everything's settled, we will just be doing these live stuff uh, when it comes to the super shows for NXT and go home weeks for WWE pay-per-views. Uh, I'll be doing um, all the pay-per-view, uh, doing all the uh, podcasts for that to get that going. But once things get rolling with Sam and I again, we're planning on doing either a weekly or bi-weekly series when it comes to the, the podcast. We'll talk about the major topics. Uh, we'll still do our calendars and uh, what's going on with the shows. Uh, but we're also in talks of maybe doing some some mini series as well. Um, well we haven't fully nailed down exactly what we're going to talk about, but uh, it'll be a new thing for you guys to listen to. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Tell all your friends about it uh, and uh, give us some feedback as well. Let us know what you guys, you know, what you think of the mini series uh, and even the regular show itself. Just just, you know, tell us what you like, what you don't like. And uh, we'll do our best to accommodate whatever you guys want to do, whatever you want to listen to. But we're just two guys who want to talk about wrestling, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. But with all that out of the way, let's get to NXT Heat Wave. Now, this show, Tuesday night, lots of fun to watch. Fantastic wrestling from everybody all around. Really no bad matches on this. We had I believe five matches, three of which were title matches. We had debuts. We had returns. We had ridiculousness. It was a lot of fun. So our first match of the night was for the A championship. Carmelo Hayes taking on Giovanni Vinci for the North America championship. Now, this one was was tough for me. Because Giovanni Vici has had come in. He's been dominant since he's made his debut with NXT 2.0. And Carmelo Hayes has just been on fire. I Part of me thought Trick would you know, maybe have something to do with the end of this match, which he did. Um, but the A-champion retains his title in a very, very good match to start off this show um i don't think that giovanni vinci will be knocked down too far after this uh i have a feeling that this might be the first of you know a couple or three matches between the two so i look forward to seeing what happens from there 
Although I, I got to say, though, I have, a, I have a small gripe with not with this match, but with the USA Network. <laughs> now, there were some moments during that match that warranted a holy shit chant. And USA and their infinite glory with the FCC decided to bleep out or silence the mic during the shit part. So it was just so annoying because the crowd went for like 30 seconds and you just hear holy nothing, holy nothing. It's like, ugh, it's just let it go. You guys let it happen on raw. You let it happen on SmackDown, you know, with Fox. So just, just let it go. It's, it's going to happen. And I don't know. That's just aggravating a little bit, but that's just a small grape. But after the match, uh, we had Diamond Mind come out to the ring because Julius said that he had been studying some film of the eight-man tag that they had way back when with um, the Don and his family, and he needed to see something because he had a, a, had an inkling that something was up. So while studying the tape, he was able to locate what he was you know, looking for. Got in the ring, showed everybody on, or everybody in the crowd, everybody watching on television what he was looking at. And apparently it looked like Tony D, while he was in the corner, had tapped on the ring a few times. And it caused Roddy to apparently, you know, knee one of the Creed brothers in the face for the match. And, you know, shenanigans. So Julius thinking that. Roderick Strong is purposely trying to destroy the diamond mine from within. Roddy clearly taken aback, but also looked like he'd been caught with his hand in the cookie jar, trying to say that it's not his fault, that, you know, he's trying to, he put everybody together and how, you know, he just, just, I don't know. Something didn't sit right. And it looked like the creeds were going to attack Roderick Strong when we had our first debut of the night Gallus from NXT UK storm the ring and destroy everybody they take out the Creed Brothers and Kemp and then they kind of stare at Roddy and I'm thinking to myself is Roddy going to join Gallus is is that the whole master plan no no (laughs) they attack Roderick Strong as well Leave everybody laying in the ring. Funny enough, apparently Apollo Crews can really tell the future because he he saw that the Creed Brothers would be attacked and laid out in the ring the week prior. It's interesting when it comes to Apollo and his new character. I really don't know where to where to look at, but we'll 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 get there when we get there. So. After that, we had our grudge match between Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez. These girls put it out, out all on the line. It's nice to see that both of them have bright futures here in WWE, especially in NXT 2.0. They need a little bit more seasoning put on them. They're both good, but you know they'll keep going. The way this whole feud kind of culminated, I don't know. I still feel like there should have been a little bit more before we got here because the whole situation with the NXT women's tag team championships. And I don't know, it was just, I feel like they could have done a better job setting up the turn instead of just having 
Cora turn on Roxanne during a match that Roxanne was having with Mandy Rose. I don't know. It just it seemed a little rushed, I guess, would be the probably the best term for it. But this match was great. Got down to the end. Cora obviously at this point didn't really care. She grabs her black kendo stick, goes to attack Roxanne. Roxanne, you know, ends up with the kendo stick. The ref's telling her you need to put that down because you're going to get disqualified. And you can see the inner conflict that she's having because she's, she clearly hates what Cora has done to her. Um, but she ends up giving the kendo stick to the ref. It ends up dropping out of the ref's hands. Cora attacks Roxanne, drops her with a DDT on top of the kendo stick and gets the one, two, three. Doing so, Cora continues on. I don't feel like this is over between these two. Um, not by a long shot. But we'll see. It's a nice, uh, nice. I would say nice veteran maneuver by Cora Jade to still end up using the kendo stick to get the win for herself. After that, we went to the street fight of all street fights. This was a great, this was a great match. It was Tony D'Angelo versus Santos Escobar. There was a lot on the line here. If Santos lost, he was gone from NXT, and the rest of Legado de Fantasma would stay with Tony D. And if Santos won this match, Legado was free from Tony D's grasp, and then they would go on and do their own thing separately. Now, for this entire match, I had this inner fear that Legato was going to turn on Santos and cost him the match and then celebrate with Tony D in the end and believe poor Santos all by himself. Thankfully, that did not come to pass. I was really nervous about that. I did not want to see that happen. This was a fantastic match between the two. Uh, not even a match. The fight. Fantastic fight between these two guys. Tons of stuff on the outside we had chair shots kendos you know they even brought in the brass knucks the ending to this was fantastic so both men are down and they start struggling to their feet and on one side we have the crowbar that 20 d has been famous for and then you have on the other end there's the brass knucks that santos has used in the past they both look at each other they both look at the weapons they will separate. They each grab a weapon, and they come right back at each other. Tony D was just a second faster, maybe even less than that. Hit Santos with the crowbar before Santos can strike back. Santos falls down. Tony D literally collapses on top of him and gets the one, two, three. There was moments where Legato tried to get involved, and Sax was getting involved. Uh, it clearly showed that Legato was on Santos's side, which was great. Uh, there was a moment where uh, Electra Lopez got literally ran over by Tony D. And he's just like, eh, whatever. Wrong place, wrong time, whatever. Gets back in the ring. Um, but Santos is, is done. He's done from NXT, which nowadays is a good, I think is great because now he can go to Raw or SmackDown and build a new Legato del Fantasma. The man is a superstar. WWE is looking for a lucha wrestler that would be the next Rey Mysterio. 
the next Eddie Guerrero, stuff like that. We thought it might have been a, a you know, um, Alberto Del Rio. Could have been, of course not. I forget his name. <laughs> there's a there's a list of people that it could have been, but none of them really did anything. Santos, on the other hand, I know he's a little bit older, but I think that he could run for quite a while. So I'm excited for that. I think that's great. Uh, we'll see where he shows up. Personally, I'd like him on SmackDown. I think the blue brand would would do real well having Santos there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, as for the rest of Legado de Fantasma, well, it looks like now they're going to be fully integrated into Tony D's family. Um, but it's still interesting since they did kind of fight against him. I don't know if Tony's going to have some punishment for the three of them or if they're going to eventually strike out and you know try to go out on their own. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I look forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um. After that, we had some interesting segments in the back. I'm going to go a little out of order, but that is what it is. Uh, Grayson Waller uh, telling the world that he now has his own talk show that he'll have next week. Uh, of course, magically, it's called the Grayson Waller Effect. And he is inviting Apollo Crews to be his first guest. And this, this could be interesting. Um, I know that Grayson Waller is kind of floated around the top of the, the card and uh, the hatred for this man is it, it runs deep. Uh, I'm personally one of those people who love to see him get punched in the face uh, purely from a wrestling standpoint. I have no quarrels with the man as personal, um, but as a character, I love to hate him. So he's doing a wonderful job and I hate to say that. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens, but obviously it looks like Waller and Apollo Crews will be going into their first or into their next feud. Uh, we also saw that uh, Von Wagner uh, saying that nobody will survive his jungle, even though he recently lost uh, to Solo Sequoia. Um, still with Waller, he's missing something. I don't know what it is. I know... Um, Robert Stone's doing everything he can to make this guy a big deal, but I don't know. It just something's missing. Uh, it's I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, hopefully he could turn it around, but for right now, it's kind of one of those like, oh, Wagner's on next. Okay. How long is this going to go? <laughs> and it's unfortunate. It is what it is. We then find out that Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen have their next challengers for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships, and it is none other than the earlier debuting Gallus. It's going to be fun. That match will happen next week. Um, I haven't seen Gallus actually wrestle in quite some time. I am, like I said, so far behind on NXT UK, but I know who they are, and I'm excited that they're in NXT 2.0, and... I, I personally feel that they can run the court for a while. So we'll see what happens next. We also got a vignette for a new superstar to NXT 2.0. For those of you who have watched NXT Level Up, you know this, you know this man quite well. Quincy Elliott, the Super Diva. Yes, I said Super Diva, is coming to NXT 2.0. And the 
vignette that Quincy put on was outstanding. I, I'm not going to hate it. I can't. It's just, it's so good. Of course, naturally, the internet being the internet, um, really weird with this, but it is what it is. It's unfortunate because I always love to see talent like this who are super confident in themselves be able to pull off something real good. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of people compared Quincy to the Velveteen Dream. I could definitely see it in the mannerisms, but I think this is like Velveteen Dream dialed up to 11. So this this could be a lot of fun, uh, at least from a quality uh, entertaining standpoint. I don't know about the wrestling. I, I don't watch NXT level up, so I don't have anything to really gauge um, on when it comes to the in-ring prowess, but the personality already a 10. I'm all for it. We also got confirmed for next week, Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton in a lights out match. I'm like, wait, are we on AEW? What's going on? A lights out match. Okay. Interesting. So these two finally ready to squash everything and we'll be done with it. And then our last bit of news before we go back to the matches was Indy Hartwell receiving a letter. And when she opened up this letter, it was index forever from her beautiful husband, Dexter. who We talked about a little bit earlier, making his return uh, with his little angle that he's having with AJ Styles. But while Indy's looking over her letter, being all excited and happy, another debut happens. Blair Davenport, or the previously known Bree Presley, shows up from NXT UK, takes the letter that Indy receives, says that she's here to be the next NXT Women's Champion, and tears it in half, throws it back in Indy's face, and walks off. So I'm like, okay, Blair versus Indy in her first NXT feud. I'm all for it. Let's break in. Go. Moving back to the matches for the night, our NXT Women's title was on the line. Next is Mandy Rose defended her title against Zoe Stark. We once again had the QR code on the screen. And when you took a picture of it and took a look, it was the image from last week with Zoe holding up the NXT Women's Championship over a fallen Mandy Rose. Is it an omen for what's going on? Well, not entirely. This was a good match between the two ladies. Uh, toxic attraction obviously out there as well with Mandy. They end up getting tossed about three quarters of the way through the match. Um, Zoe's partner, the kid alliance coming out to chase toxic away. Probably a little more on that later. Mandy, though, using her brains, she's not just a beauty, she's got some brains too. She takes off the knee brace that Zoe Stark uses for her own leg takes it, puts it on hers, and then drops Zoe with that beautiful running knee, elevated knee that she does. She hit it with it, uh, hit it, hit without the brace the first time, and Zoe kicked out, which I don't believe anybody's done since she started using it as her finisher. Then she puts on the brace, knocks out Zoe, gets the one, two, three, and retains her title. And I now believe her title reign will go over 300 days and she will continue to move up that chart. Uh, the funny thing is here, 
don't you think the um, knee brace would be considered a foreign object? Mandy probably should have been disqualified. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, technically didn't use it to hit her. Like, as the brace, she put it on her leg, so it became a part of her body. It's kind of the same excuse you could say about Bianca Belair with her hair. So, then other wrestlers have used braces in the past. They've used casts in the past. So, I guess you can kind of explain it away. But is right? Probably not. But regardless, Mandy Rose, still your NXT Women's Champion. And then our main event for the night. Boy, what a match this was. Braun Breaker taking on J.D. McDonough for the NXT title. All I got to say here is that J.D. McDonough loves pain. But seriously, like Braun put him through his paces. And J.D. did his, J.D. did the same to Braun. I think he hit J.D. with like four f- spears throughout the night, throughout the match. <laughs> Finally puts him away, but JD would not stay down for long. Great match. Uh, I definitely see JD once again challenging at some point. Maybe he shifts gears and goes after the uh, the uh, North American Championship. I don't know. We'll find out. But the funny, well, I shouldn't say funny thing. The interesting thing that happens after this match is that Braun celebrating in the ring, and all of a sudden I hear a familiar sound, familiar theme that I haven't heard in quite some time. The NXT UK champion, Tyler Bate, makes his way to the ring, gets in the ring, looks at Braun's title, looks at his own title, and the two champions do their whole hand-lifting thing with the titles, and I was like, are we going to have ourselves a world's collide? NXT UK versus NXT 2.0? I think that would be great. Uh, There are some rumors also that I've seen that NXT UK is actually officially shutting down, which uh, these are all rumors that I've heard. I haven't actually seen any. So I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. I hope not because NXT UK is a great product for those guys out there. Um, There are a lot of men and women that, you know, aren't on NXT 2.0, but they have a home over there in the UK. So hopefully that's not the end of that. Um, but if it is, that would be that would be sad. Uh, no more TV tapings from what I hear. But like I said, I haven't I can't confirm it. This is just what I've seen or what I've heard, I should say. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but this mat, this the end of this match with these two standing in the ring, holding up their respective titles, looking at each other. I think that'd be one hell of a main event for Worlds Collide if that ends up being the next uh, super show for these guys or if it ends up being the next premium live event. I don't know. Be a lot of fun. I look forward to it. But that's it for tonight, guys. Thank you so much once again for listening. It's nice to get back behind the mic, talk about NXT 2.0 a little bit. Heatwave was a great show. Also, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, they did a voiceover for the uh the intro into the into the show. Of course, it was done by the one and only Paul Heyman, which the last time Heatweight was used, the majority of the uh NXT 2.0 wrestlers weren't even born yet. <laughs> it was used by ECW, uh, I believe in the maybe early 90s, but 
it was nice to hear Paul Heyman's voice talk about uh, the young stars in NXT 2.0. So future is certainly bright. Um, I look forward to seeing what's going to be happening, obviously, with the UK. Uh, I won't call it invasion, but, you know, kind of is. So, but it's a good influx of talent. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. WWE as a whole product has been really, really good the last since SummerSlam, since the end of last month. And I look forward to seeing what happens next. There's always talk of possibly bringing back more people. I know obviously two people on high on the list are the Gargano family and Bray Wyatt. We'll see. I don't know. It could be anybody at this point. Um, yeah. But guys, thank you so much for listening as always. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We are steamrolling towards 9,000 people. 9,000 followers. I I can't believe it. Uh, we're... <laughs> It's 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 outstanding. We're we're on the cusp of getting close to that 10k. We're already we're on the road to 10k. Uh, we started that campaign. Uh, so stay tuned. Tell your friends about us. Follow us. We live tweet every Raw, SmackDown, NXT, U, uh, AEW, uh, pay per views, premium live events. Now there's discussion of possibly getting back on the Impact train. Uh, some more NWA. We got to try to see what we can cover. Um, now with with whatever time is available um and if you would like to follow me you can follow me pretty much everywhere as scotty j stream you can find this podcast as well as on any podcasting platform that's out there if we're not on one that you're listening to let us know that ourselves to it though you can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bit of them to your day from above the ring again my name is scott i am the man behind the twitter of above the ring Appreciate you all for listening tonight. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. And most importantly, do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl or a jedi we've got some 80s classics for you do these movies stand the test of time are we discovering something new is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation from the hits to the cult classics we'll discuss our earliest memories favorite scenes fun facts and our not so favorite movie moments too It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.